Well, hello everybody. It's Chris Rochelle here from Wales Baptist Church. Um, hoping I can give you a word of encouragement here today. I just want to let you know that I still miss each and every one of you. I've been happy to get to talk to uh, most of y'all on the phone uh, week to week. And uh, even seen a few out in public covered with masks. So, I mean, I recognize your eyes. But anyhow, uh, before we get started, I'm going to pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for another day of life. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your guidance. Lord, we thank you <clears throat> for your son. Lord, we thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit as a guide. Father, right now I pray that um, you would use our situation um, in a great way. Lord, I pray that we would learn to trust you through this uh, more than we ever have. Lord, as we look at ways to start coming back together, Lord, I pray that we would still have common sense, but Lord, we wouldn't have a fear about us like the rest of the world does. Father, I just continue to pray for those who are affected by this virus, who are in medical facilities, um, helping to fight this thing. Lord, I just pray for strength and comfort. Lord, we know they've got to be tired. This is many, many weeks. Lord, I just most importantly pray that they find a relationship through you. Father, they see you for who you are. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy on our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Kevin preached last week on the importance of corporate worship. <clears throat> and today, it's kind of it's funny, he preached that. And last week, I had started doing a study over the purpose of the church. It's not uncommon for us to have things line up like this, just the way that God works sometimes. So, um, I just want to look at, we see, see the purpose or the importance of coming together as a congregation on how we, um, need to be physically in contact with one another, not just through video. This is great that we get to use this, but what is the purpose of us coming together? is what I, I really want to dig into. And Kevin, and Kevin did, dug into it last week. He did an awesome job. Um, but I just want to look at, like, we see in the Bible, what are the purposes for us coming together? Um, relative to the church members, I want to look at three uh, points or three purposes today. And the first one starting with, to me is the the ultimate purpose the number one purpose is exalting and glorifying god um we read in scripture where god is uh very jealous very zealous for his glory uh, isaiah 48 verses 9 through 11 he says for my name's sake <clears throat> i defer my anger for the sake of my praise i restrain it Restrain it for you. I restrain my anger for you that I might not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. 
for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. So we see here how God shows Israel mercy all based from his based off of his desire to be glorified. And we read in Isaiah 40, I mean they they deserved wrath and death. But yet God, God's desire to be glorified, he showed them mercy. Does it sound familiar? So God's people, the church, should have their main desire as glorifying and exalting God. 1 Corinthians uh, 10.31 says, So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And in 1 Corinthians 6, we see the reason why, because it says, for you were bought with a price. The price is the blood of Christ. You were bought with a price. Church, you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. A faithful church is God-centered, not man-centered. Uh, some of the things that we see in, in some of the, the bigger churches, and don't hear me knocking a, a mega church because some of them are really, 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 they got it together. They know what they're doing. Um, they're still sinners like we are, but I, I know a bunch who do have it together. But you see a lot trying to attract unbelievers into their church so they... They cater to them. They try to make it as comfortable as possible. There's been books written about these things where they say if you can make it as look like as much like the world as possible to attract them in, then we can give them the gospel. But the problem is, is they just want to be comfortable. And there's never really any change. You might get some kind of emotion whipped up in them, but they're just there for like, what can you, what, what do you have to offer me? But we see that a, in the Bible that a faithful church is not about man. One thing that we often misunderstand is this whole plan is not about you and me. This whole plan has always been about God and His glory. That's it. If you can ever get that through your head that it's not about you, that's a great place to start. So... It's not about being comfortable. It's not about being welcoming or inviting to an unbeliever. Yes, it's great when an unbeliever comes in our church and they hear the gospel and they're saved, <clears throat> but it's not just about getting unbelievers to come into the door. That's what we do in the world. And we're going to look at that in, in just a little bit too. Um, one, of the, one of the things that, uh, uh, that I got to attend this year was called the G3 Conference. And um, one of my favorite people to follow is John MacArthur. He's just been, um, he's been that, that solid teacher there that, that I've followed for several years now. I've learned a lot from him um, and just, just look forward to hearing what his ministry is doing and following it. But one of the things he said there, the whole event was about worship. One of the things that he said there was, um, 
the ultimate priority of the church should be worship. And the church should worship in such a way that it's the most uncomfortable place for an unbeliever to be. Think about that. So, so many of these pastors are saying now, right, even writing books about, we got to be as comfortable as we can for an unbeliever to come in here. But really, if we're worshiping like we should be, like God has prescribed us to be, it should be the most uncomfortable place they've ever been. So worship is not some overly complicated thing. Let's not get that twisted. It's, it's basically just giving God the, uh, the honor that is, that's due to him. And we look at different ways that, that this um, glory is given, the way that he says that it's given. Um, we do this through words of praise. Psalm 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory do His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And we also do this through acts of obedience, which Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And true worship is exalting. Uh, wrap it all up. True worship is exalting Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him, Jesus, the name that is above every name. So at the name Jesus, every name should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Christ is exalted above the heavens and for all of eternity, and the redeemed will praise his name for eternity. The second purpose of the church is edifying believers. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, What then, brothers... When you come together, this is kind of a typical meeting we're looking at here. When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for the building up. Edifying is the building up of the believers. Paul tells the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build, build one another up just as you are doing. This edification takes place through the ministry of the word. Acts 20, 32 says, And now I command to you, command you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So it is a building up through the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16-7 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This edification also takes place through godly leadership. 
uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. It also takes place, edification or building up also takes place through exercising our spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, And as each has received a gift, each, everyone has received a gift, <clears throat> use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then to go a little bit further, and there's a ton of these, we in, in the New Testament were taught the what are referred to as the one another commands. <clears throat> I'm not going to list every single verse here, but they are all taught in the New Testament. So look them up. It says, love one another, live in harmony with one another, welcome one another, admonish one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, be patient, be kind with one another. Forgive one another, sing praises with one another, regard one another as more important than yourself, speak truth to one another, encourage one another, seek good um, of one another or to one another, stir up one another to love and to good works, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, be hospitable to one another, and be humble to one another. These commands are to basically govern over our relationships to other fellow Christians within, our, within the church. <clears throat> and these commands basically fulfill the second great commandment that Jesus gave us in Mark uh, chapter 12, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. These commands also are edifying to the body of Christ, which is the church. And these commands show the love of Christ to a world watching. Think of it this way. This is... This is the gospel made visible to the world and it shows that it's just as powerful as it claims to be. The number three purpose of the church is evangelizing the lost. <clears throat> Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20 says, most of y'all know this, and Jesus came and he said to them, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. True evangelism requires or involves making disciples. Sinners respond by faith to the message of the, of the gospel. They're baptized and they're discipled by sound teaching of the church. It's the purpose of the church. And true uh, evangelism also, or true followers of Christ, were named fishers of men. You remember 
Jesus called them this in Matthew 4. They said, I will make you fishers of men. Well, these were followers of Christ. So what that tells me is, it means that those who were, were Jesus' disciples, his followers, were to be disciple makers also. So you remember last week, Kevin said, this is like looking back and then looking forward. God told them in the beginning to be fruitful and multiply. It's the same way now. Be fruitful and multiply. It's disciples making disciples, making disciples, making disciples. Sound like the Energizer Bunny, but you get what I'm saying. And so serious evangelism comes through an understanding of eternal salvation and the reality of God's judgment to come. When viewed from a biblical lens, the church exists to display the wisdom and mercy of God in this age. And by pro proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through the world, throughout the world, so that sinners from every ethnic background might be rescued from darkness and the wrath of God might enter and they might enter into the kingdom of God, be rescued from the darkness and that they might enter into the kingdom of God. And it's all for His glory. I hope uh, this has been some encouragement to you today. Um, like I said before, I'm missing each and every one of y'all so bad. And... Um, hoping that as things are starting to look a little brighter now, they're opening things back up. I'm hoping to see each and every one of y'all in the next few weeks, if that's possible. Um, thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope you have a blessed day. See y'all.